Good morning, church family. How's everybody doing today? Hey, let's stand to our feet. I want us uh, to start off with a word here today from the scriptures, from the Psalms. And uh, if it's all right with you, let's, uh, let's read this out loud together, okay? Let's, let's do this. One thing have I asked of the Lord that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all of the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to choir in his temple. So church, we're in the house of the Lord today. Let's praise him, seek after him, and give him glory. Amen. Yes, sir. 
some praise. Amen. Everybody, let's get our hands together. Come on.
all about you, Lord. Come on, church, let us praise him. For he is so holy. Holy is the God of Almighty.
Take me.
Church, this morning, just close your eyes and we just begin to call on the name of Jesus. If you're having difficulty in your marriage, would you just call on the name of Jesus? If there are troubles that work, Lord, just call on the name of Jesus. If you need healing of your mind, of your body, of your soul, church this morning, call on the name of Jesus. There's something about the name. There's power in the name. So Lord, what, whatever is burdening us today, Lord, we know in Jesus' name that you can do that. Let's just sing that again. There's something about that name. Anastasia Church. We are so glad that you are joining with us. Um, in scripture, it says that our praise is like a sweet aroma to God. And just standing up here listening to y'all praising the name of Jesus, it's beautiful. And so I can only imagine how it sounds in heaven when we gather together to worship God. My name is Julia. I'm the young adult minister here at Anastasia. Welcome. We are so glad you are joining us today. If this is your first time, I want to encourage you to stop by our welcome desk in the atrium. We have a gift just for you. You can also pull out your phone, open your camera, and scan the QR code on the screen, or text the number 904-441-6900 and text the word CONNECT. That will pull up our digital connect card as well as our bulletin and waves to give to Anastasia Church. So go ahead and test those out this morning if you like. Um, it's a great way to send prayer requests, let us know that you're visiting, and really just get connected to our church family. A few announcements of things that we have happening here at Anastasia. This Tuesday, our college and young adult ministry, The Well, is kicking off in our student center. Hopefully, if you have a college student in your life or you are a college student, young adult, you will be there. Um, it's my favorite ministry, obviously, because I get to lead it and be a part of the lives of those people. But if you're here thinking I'm well past my college years, you can still get connected. Please be praying for the students that will be a part of this. Flagler just started back this past week, and there are students from all over the world that come to St. Augustine to study, and we have an opportunity to minister to them. So please be praying for them. You might also think, like, I have a washer and a dryer. College kids have lots of laundry. If you've ever felt like you could help out uh, or give a meal, come see me at the table in the atrium. I'd love to get you connected with our students. We have um, a worship night happening on September 6th in the sanctuary across the hall. So hopefully if you are not already plugged in with a Bible study on a Wednesday night, you will plan to be there for our worship night. 
We also have our next discovery class happening with Pastor Walter on Sunday, September 10th. If you are new to our church or um, new in your faith, it's a great way to find out more about Anastasia Church, get plugged in, learn about our values, and the vision of where Anastasia Church is moving in the future. So hopefully you'll be a part of that discovery class on Sunday, September 10th. And then lastly, if you are 55 or better, senior adult luncheons are back and our kickoff will be Monday, September 11th. So hopefully all of y'all who are 55 and better will be able to get plugged in there. As we continue worship and give our tithes and offerings to the Lord, I just want to highlight, if you were here Wednesday night for our fall kickoff, it was absolutely incredible. We will have some pictures on the screen of our kids' praise, youth, women's, and men's Bible studies. But I got, I talked to our youth team, I talked to our kids' ministry team, just in youth and kids, we had over 400 people on campus getting plugged in. That's not even including our women and ministry ministries. And that's because of such a giving church, we are able to offer these things and really pour into the next generation, but also dive into the word. So whether you are this tall, this tall, somewhere in between in age, we have somewhere for you to get plugged in on Wednesday nights. And we're so thankful that we are able to offer this to our community. So thank you, thank you. If you would like to contribute to Anastasia Church, if you would like to partner with us and be a part of the great work that God is doing here, there's a few ways you can do that. You can scan that QR code, it'll pull up our giving options. You can leave an envelope in one of our generosity boxes located throughout the church. But again, thank you, church family, for investing in the work that God is doing here. Let's pray. Lord, we are just so thankful for how you are working and moving in the life of Anastasia Church. God, from our newborn babies to our oldest members, you are continuing to grow them, to look out for them, to help them deepen their faith. And we're just so thankful that we get to be a part of that, Lord. I pray now as we give our tithe, as we give our offering to you, Lord, that it would be a sweet offering to you. Lord, we love you and we thank you. Amen. 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 Good morning, church. You know, I want to just uh, reiterate what Julia said. You know, God's moving in a powerful way. And we're not just building a building. So many of you are working and volunteering and serving. We're building church. You know, church is not a building. Church is the people. And I just love that there are hundreds, you know, we have hundreds of kids that come. That's also workers, volunteers, people that are just taking their time to serve because we're building church in the power of God. And you're part of that. So anyway, I'm just grateful for that. Hey, um, let me get into the message here. Uh, we're turning to Ruth chapter 4. And before we get into the text here, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever felt like life was ganging up on you? Ever feel like that, that, that happened? And, and have you ever just wished? Have you ever just hoped? Have you ever just needed someone to come alongside of you? 
to do what you couldn't do for yourself, to give you that hand up at that time when you really, really needed it, to provide, it, to provide you with things like maybe it's financial need or spiritual need or emotional need, uh, physical need, when you are at the end of your rope. You ever need somebody like that? Okay. That's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about that's what that's what Ruth chapter four is all about. And, and just as we close out this summer season, this is the second to last message in Ruth. You hear one more next week from Pastor Jeremy Carlton, our youth pastor. But but in Ruth chapter one, we talked about the idea that God uses the least expected people to do the most amazing things. Because God does things not in our power. He uses his power. His Holy Spirit power comes down and he does amazing things through people not based on how great we are, but on how great he is. Amen. Yeah. And then, then Pastor Sam, he, he shared with you from Ruth chapter 2 and 3, this amazing man named, named Boaz and, and cultivating character, that we need to be cultivating that character of compassion. And today, I want to move to the first part of Ruth chapter 4. And I want to talk about Boaz. Okay, I want to talk about Boaz and his very special role in Ruth chapter 4, his role as a kinsman redeemer. Okay, kinsman redeemer. Say that. Kinsman redeemer. Okay, this in the context, this is an ancient Hebrew situation. I want to give a little background before we get into it so you'd understand what we're talking about. It's, a, it's ancient Hebrew situation. It's technical. It's precise. Uh, it's very specific. It's coming out of Deuteronomy chapter 25 and Leviticus chapter 25. In Deuteronomy chapter 25, it talks about uh, a brother being someone who carries on the name of a dead brother when that dead brother dies without children. And in Leviticus chapter 25, it's talking about the transfer of property. But it's that same concept of watching out for that brother who might have died and can't carry on that family name and that family tradition. And it's called the kinsman redeemer. Now, in the version of the Bible that I'm sharing with you, it's going to be called the redeemer. If you use the King James Version, great version of the Bible, it says the kinsman. Well, those, both those terms are completely accurate, and both of those terms are completely incomplete. Okay, they are, both of them are, are, are redeemers, and both of them are kinsmen. You've got to get both those, con, those concepts in. A kinsman is something that's re, someone that's related. And the redeemer is someone, he has, a, he has a task. He has to redeem. He has to buy back something back into the family, okay? And it's coming from, that idea comes from Leviticus chapter 25. And, and I just want to read this short three verses. Leviticus 25, starting at verse 23. And, and God said this to the people through the law. He said, the land shall not be sold in, in perpetuity for the land is mine. You get the idea that your land is not your land. My land is not my land. All land belongs to God, right? Amen, Amen. I was, about 10% of you agree with that. Uh, my, my land is my land. Why do I have to go to the HOA to paint my house? Anyway. But it's all God's land, right? Yes, sir. Okay. For your strangers and sojourners with me, and in all the country you possess, you shall allow a redemption of the land. If your brother becomes poor and sells part of his property, then his nearest kinsman redeemer, that word is goel, his, the nearest goel shall come and redeem what his brother has sold. The nearest relative who has that responsibility of buying back that land so it doesn't go outside the family because God allotted the families uh, to have the land. And so that, that nearest relative. Now for Naomi, 
Her husband, Elimelech, is now dead. Uh, Naomi needed to have someone take over the land and take care of her. She wasn't legally allowed to do that. And Boaz, this person who had compassion and showing, showing uh, just a, a heart toward Naomi and to Ruth, he is not the nearest Goel. He is not the nearest kinsman redeemer. He's the second to nearest kinsman redeemer, okay? So he's got to set the stage uh, and see if that nearest redeemer would allow Boaz to step in and redeem the land. So now I've set the stage. Uh, would you stand with me in honor of God's word as I read from Ro- uh, Ruth chapter 4, starting at verse 1. Now Boaz had gone up to the gate and sat down there. See, that's where all the stuff happened at the city gate. And behold, the redeemer of whom Boaz had spoken came by and said, and so Boaz said, turn aside, friend, sit down here. And he turned aside and sat down. And he took 10 men of the elders of the city and said, sit down. So they sat down. And so what's happened is Boaz has has now officially got the council in session. And then he said to the redeemer, Naomi has come back from the country of Moab, is selling the parcel of land that belonged to our relative Elimelech. So I thought I would tell you of it and say, buy it in the presence of those sitting here and in the presence of the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, redeem it. But if you will not, tell me that I may know, for there's no one besides you to redeem it, and I come after you. And he said, I will redeem it. And then Boaz said, he's throwing a wrinkle in here, the day you buy the field from the hand of Naomi, you also acquire Ruth the Moabite, the widow of the dead, in order to perpetuate the name of the dead and his inheritance. Okay, he's getting more than a piece of land. He's getting another wife. Then the Redeemer said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I impair my own inheritance. Take my right of redemption yourself, for I cannot redeem it. The first take my wife joke ever. (laughs) In the Bible, Ruth 4, verse 6. And now this was the custom in former times in Israel concerning redeeming and exchanging. To confirm a transaction, the one drew off his sandal and gave it to the other. And this was the manner of attesting in Israel. So when the Redeemer said to Boaz, buy it for yourself, he drew off his sandal. Then Boaz said to the elders and all the people, your witness is this day that I have bought from the hand of Naomi all that belonged to Elimelech and all that belonged to Kilion and to Malone. Also Ruth the Moabite, the widow of Malone, I have bought to be my wife, to perpetuate the name of the dead in his inheritance, that the name of the dead may not be cut off from among his brothers and from the gate of his native place. Your witness is this day. Then all the people who are at the gate and the elders said, we are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming to your house like Rachel and Leah who together built up the house of Israel. Do you get that? Rachel and Leah were the the wives of Jacob and they were the mothers of all the tribes of Israel. May you act worthily in Ephratah and be renowned in Bethlehem. May your house be like the house of Perez whom Tamar bore to Judah because of the offspring that the Lord will give you by this Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for this passage, Lord. I thank you that that Naomi had a redeemer. And Lord, I thank you that I have a redeemer. And Lord, it's you. And Lord, help, help me to surrender to your redemption every day. In your precious name of Jesus, amen. may be seated. So the fact that Naomi and Ruth, they had this redeemer, this kinsman redeemer, this Goel, 
dramatically changed their lives. It was literally the difference between life and death for them. This was someone who had the power, had the resources to do what they could not, were not allowed to do on their own. And so when they were overwhelmed, they needed someone to be on their side. They had someone to save them. It was a redeemer. You have a redeemer too. I have a redeemer too. His name is Jesus. We have a redeemer. His name is Jesus, okay? Titus chapter 2. In Titus chapter 2, starting at verse 13, it says, We're waiting for the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself to redeem us, okay? He, He gave himself for us in order to redeem us, okay? So we have a redeemer. Jesus Christ is our redeemer. He is the one who bought us back. We're in the spiritual family of God, and he bought us back. He's our redeemer. And he didn't just buy back a piece of land. Jesus bought back your soul. He bought back your soul. He bought back my soul. So when we're overwhelmed by the truth that we can't get to heaven on our own, when we're overwhelmed by the truth that we cannot cannot save ourselves, let me tell you, and that we cannot find peace for ourselves and rest for ourselves, we have a redeemer. His name is Jesus Christ. He is our Goel, and he bought back our souls. We have redemption. So how do I access this redemption? How do, how do I own this redemption here? Well, I see some truths. I want to share several redemption truths from Ruth chapter 4. First one comes from verse 1. It says, Boaz had gone up to the gate and sat down, and behold, the Redeemer of whom Boaz had spoken. There was a Redeemer. It wasn't Boaz, but there was this Redeemer. In verse 4 of the passage, it says that he said at the very end, I'm going to redeem it. I will, I will, take, a, I will take the pledge. I'll take the responsibility that's there, and I will redeem it. Uh, this potential redeemer who consented to be the redeemer in the presence of the council, he took an oath. He took the pledge. He said, I will redeem it. However, two verses later, he said, I can't redeem it. <laughs> Don't you love having friends like that? Yeah, I'll do it. No, I can't do it. Because in verse 6, he said, I cannot redeem it. See, he heard about the extra responsibility of his wife. He contemplated the cost of his own children, to his own inheritance, to the responsibilities he'd be taking on, maybe the possible transfer of resources and inheritance to the family of Malone from his own. And so he said, I redeem it, but then he, he backed out. So just two verses, you know, difference. Verse four, he said, I'll redeem it. And verse six, he said, I cannot redeem it. I believe this guy had good intentions. I believe when he said in verse four, I will redeem it, he meant it, okay? I believe that he meant to keep his promise. The problem was he couldn't keep his promise. He couldn't. You see, we need more than good intentions. We need more than good intentions and empty promises. If you want redemption, this is the first point. Move away from mere good intentions and empty promises. It might be the good intentions of others, other people that want to help you, and you're trying to find redemption in other people. Or maybe it's even yourself, my own willpower, the things I'm trying to do. I, 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 can, I can handle this. I can take this on myself. And you have these good intentions, but move away from good intentions and empty promises because good intentions are just that, good intent, okay? It, it, it's, it's a good thought. It's a, it's, it's a mindset. But they're nothing. They're absolutely nothing without action. You know, if I want to live in heaven forever, then I need action. Not just good intent. I need action from someone who really knows, 
someone who really understands, someone who has authority in heaven. I need someone who has authority in heaven to be my redeemer. You know, and it's not going to come from crystals and it's not going to come from diets. Intermittent fasting will not get you to heaven. Okay, it might make you look good for a season or two, but it's not going to get you to heaven. Okay, but Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, he will. He will. Because see, he's got, he's got that authority. He's in the throne room of heaven. And Jesus didn't have just mere good intentions. He, based, he followed that up with action, right? Jesus Christ, he went to the cross, okay? And he is in the throne room of heaven, and he went to the cross to redeem us for eternal life. And he didn't just make an empty promise. He proved that eternal life is true by rising from the dead. His resurrection proves eternal life, you know? So he took action. You know, a lot of philosophies, a lot of people, they have good intentions, but can they, think about this, can they deliver eternally? Can they? Okay? Or are they just empty promises? I just want to say, if you want redemption, you want redemption that lasts into heaven, move away from just good intentions and empty promises. Okay? Now, um, moving on, verse 5 is when the earthly redeemer finally understood his limitations. Okay, verse 5, Boaz said, The day you buy the field from the hand of Naomi, you also acquire Ruth the Moabite, the widow of his dead, in order to perpetuate the name of the dead in his inheritance. So you're going to get the wife, and you're expected to have kids uh, with her. And that's when he said he could not redeem uh, this piece of land. This is when the mental calculations, you know, came together and things were not adding up. You know, you go to the city gate, that's where all the important business took place. That's where the official business took place. And so he comes home from the city gate. And it's not like he comes home and tells his wife, hey, I got a new mule. Or I got a new piece of lead. Hey, I got another wife. You know. And uh, he couldn't take care of his own responsibilities. So he certainly couldn't take care of the responsibilities of others. That's, that's us. That's me. When it comes to spiritual reality, I can't take care of myself. I need a redeemer, okay? I can't save others for heaven. You know, when someone comes forward and they, they profess Jesus Christ and if salvation takes place really in their heart, it's not anything I've done. I can't save anybody. Amen. It's only Jesus Christ that can save people. It's only, he, he's the one that's the redeemer. We need to understand that we cannot save ourselves. So here's a second truth of redemption. Realize that the price of heaven is more than I can pay. It's more than I can pay. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I'm not qualified for heaven. I can't buy heaven for others. I'm not even, I don't, I'm not good enough to even earn it myself. I need a redeemer. I need someone to, 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 to buy me back. And we all do. Sometimes people talk about Christians being very judgmental because we talk about sin. But when we talk about sin, realize, and, and there are a lot of sins right now that in our culture are being endorsed by culture, uh, but the Bible says our sin. And when we talk about these things, what people that are, are not Christians don't understand is that we're coming from a place of a context of saying, well, we're all sinners. We're all sinners. Every single one of us is not fit for heaven. We're not saying that, you're not, you're, that a non-Christian is not good enough for heaven and a Christian is good enough. None of us are good enough for heaven. We need a redeemer. 
we need a redeemer and Jesus Christ is the redeemer. He's the one that's good enough. And that's why we want people to understand that Jesus is the way. And we find Jesus by, by following his word. That's why we say the Bible is the map. Okay? So anyway, this is what we got to do. We need to understand that we can't save ourselves. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Very interesting thing happened. You, you saw the thing about the shoe. In verse 7 and 9, so this was the custom in former times in Israel. So this wasn't something that even lasted past Bible times, because this is trying to explain it uh, to the people that were in the time when Ruth was written. But this was the custom in former times in Israel concerning redeeming and exchanging. To confirm a transaction, the one drew off his sandal and gave it to the other. This was the manner of attesting. This was like putting a dock seal uh, on, on something, you know, getting something notarized. You took off the sandal and gave it to somebody else. Isn't that attractive? That's how you confirm the transaction. Well, you know, we got to confirm the transaction. If we're going to give our lives to Jesus, we should confirm the transaction as well. He said, you know, Boaz said in verse 9, he said, You are witnesses this day that I bought from the hand of Naomi all that belonged to Elimelech and all that belonged to Kilion and Malon. He, see, the, the confirmation of the transaction was that, that man, that redeemer, that unnamed redeemer, he took off his sandal. And he said, here, Boaz, you take this. You take this. Okay? This represents that you're taking on the responsibility. So, so this is the next truth of redemption. I want to pass my sandal. I want to pass my sandal and noticeably yield to the one redeemer who can actually deliver my inheritance. I want to pass my sandal. You know what the sandal represents to us? To, to them, it represented a piece of land, but to us, it represents that part of me that I cannot redeem. And I need to pass that sandal to Jesus. You see, see there was this... It represents, I'm passing on the responsibility to someone else. There was a great transaction that happened 2,000 years ago. And Jesus Christ died on the cross and he redeemed us, okay? Well, there was another transaction that happened for me when I was 10 years old and where I came to realize this under the leadership of my mom who was with me, you know, where I made a transaction and said, you know, I now realize I can't save myself. And I said, Lord, take my soul. Take my life. Lord, I can't redeem it. You need to redeem it. And then let me tell you, every day there needs to be a transaction. Every day at the city gate of my heart, where all the important business takes place, every day when I get up in the morning, I need to say, Lord, take my sandal. Take, take, take my responsibility. Lord, this sandal now today represents my attitude. I need you to take my attitude because I got up this morning, I opened my eyes, and my attitude already stunk. <laughs> I need God to take my attitude, or God, I need you to take my finances today. The first transaction you need to take is, is, is you need to give your soul to Jesus. Have you never done that? If you've never come to that place of saying, you know, I can't save myself, then you need to realize if you really want to get into heaven, give your soul to the Lord. Pass that sand. But then once you do that every day at the city gate of your heart, what is it? Oh, my checkbook today, I'm passing it to you. Whatever decision I make today, Lord, let it be your decision. Uh, my relationships, Lord, help me in those relationships. Some of you, there are parts of your life. You've already made that transaction. You've given Jesus Christ Lord, Lordship of your life. You've, you've surrendered that. But there are things every day you need to do. There are things, you know, you know I want to say, I'm going to ask you to be brave. If there's a part of your life 
that you need to give over and say, Lord, I can't redeem this. Just slip off your shoe. You don't have to throw it up there. You don't have to tell anybody what it is. But say, Lord, yeah, you know, I can't redeem it. I need you to redeem it. You know, just right now where you are, do you have something that, that the Lord wants you to, to do? Just, just, it's okay. You can take your shoe off in church. I took mine off. You know, some of us need to just say, yeah, Lord, just visibly. I need you to redeem something in my life. I just write right now. I need you to redeem this. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. It may be this Ruth-like catastrophic situation that you can't handle. Lord, do that. Some of us, some of us, we need to take off both our sandals. <laughs> Lord, I need, I need you to have everything, and I'm standing here on holy ground, Lord. Because I can't redeem myself. But what is it that you have to give to God? Are you brave enough to do that? Even now, even in this moment, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I need you to redeem me. I need you to redeem every part of me. I need you to redeem every dark corner of my life. That's the transaction that he's calling us to make. Pass the sandal. Pass the sandal. Make it noticeable. Make it something that the world can see. Be witnesses, you know, be witnesses of him. Pass the sandal to Jesus. The last point I want to make is this, verse 11. Boaz said, or the people said, who are at the gate, yeah, we are witnesses. We are witnesses. Be a witness to the redeeming power. If you've already given your sandal to the Lord, that first transaction. You need to let people know that. Hey, I, I follow Jesus. I'm trusting in Jesus for redemption. Give it to him, okay? Be a witness to the redeeming power of Jesus because we have the power of Jesus for a reason. If you look at Acts chapter 1, verse 8, when, when, uh, when Jesus was speaking to his disciples before he went into heaven, he said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. We have power from the Holy Spirit, and you will be my witnesses. That's why Holy Spirit power comes into us, so we can be witnesses, so we can noticeably yield to the one Redeemer who can truly get us into heaven. Amen, brother. You know, power comes from being a witness, a witness that we have someone in our corner when we're overwhelmed. A witness that we have someone that can save us when we can't save ourselves. If you're a follower of Jesus, I want to remind you that every good, perfect blessing, it's not because you're good. It's not because you're living life the best way and other people are not. It's because you have a redeemer. Everything good is because of him. Let people know about the demon. And if you're not, if you feel crushed, if you feel like you need a different direction, Jesus said, don't worry about saving yourself. Don't worry about saving yourself. You know, Boaz, when, when the Redeemer offered the sandal to Boaz, Boaz took that soul, took that sandal. He said, yeah, I got this. Jesus is doing the same thing with your life. You give it to him. He'll receive it. And he'll say, I got this. You're in my hand. And if you take his hand and follow him, he'll be faithful. And you'll find the peace you're looking for. You'll find the truth you're looking for. You'll find the progress you're looking for. You'll find eternity. That's what happens when we pass the sandal 
to Jesus. Give me life. Would you pray with me, please, and ask you to stand right now as we pray. Lord Jesus, in the quietness of this moment, Lord, we need to give everything to you. Lord, we need to trust you. Lord, not just for eternity, but Lord, that is the most important thing. Lord, we need you to save our souls. We can't save ourselves. But Lord, it's in your name, the name of Jesus Christ, the great I am, Lord. Lord, we have that redemption. Thank you, Lord. And if there's someone that has not found it yet, Lord, let your Holy Spirit come down and let them see, let the light come on in their heart and let them see the redemption, the forgiveness, the peace that comes in your name. And Lord Jesus, I pray for all of us here every day. There are parts of our lives we can't redeem and we need you every day. Lord, walk with us every day. Help us be faithful to surrender to you every day. Lord, help us to praise you every day. And it's in that name of Jesus, our great Savior, our great Redeemer, that we pray and all God's people said, Amen. 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 You have a Redeemer. If you know the Redeemer, you don't know the Redeemer, you want to know the Redeemer, we're going to sing a song. You come right here to the front. You go over to that corner because we have counselors that are ready to share with you what it means to have a Redeemer. You have a Redeemer whether you know it or not. I want you to know the Redeemer. If you need to take a step of faith or there's a part of your life that you need to give over, the altar's open, you can, you can pray. Whatever God's calling you to do, let's let God move among us right now as we sing, as we pray. You come. you can do oh god of wonders your power has no end the things you've done before in greater measure you do again there's no prison oh, you can break through can move all things are possible. There's nobody you can raise, no souls you can save. All things are possible. The dark is now. You can light it up. Why should my heart fear what you defeated? I'll trust in you alone. Cause there's no prison where you can break through. No 
things are possible. There's no broken body you can raise, no soul that you can save. All things are possible. Yeah. 